Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's Wednesday Wisdom guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are three great organizations that you should really be a part of. And now, please don't fast forward. Uh, Take a quick listen to our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor scoring tables and video boards. Sideline Interactive's products are tremendously versatile. We've got one of their score tables in our gym, and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up, sell your tickets online for all your events, not just games, but school plays, concerts, uh, dances, even graduation. They'll also show you how to scan the attendees that come to your events and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and find out how to start selling your tickets digitally. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile is the parent company for an entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. Snap Store allows you to uh, sell custom spirit gear to everybody in your program. Snap Connect is their family engagement platform. And Snap Raise is their fundraising platform that we've used with great success and you can too. Go to snapraise.com. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. That's snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class content for their school social media channels. Mention our code ADPOD10 and you'll get 10% off. That's gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. The Wall of Fame is an interactive touchscreen video console that highlights your school's top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But there's so much more than that. Uh, The Wall of Fame is also an extensive content program that allows you to um, tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Let Vital Signs Wall of Fame bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll also get 5% off. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the tools um, like smart cameras, uh, the analytics, uh, the mobile apps uh, that helped our athletes play at the highest level. Huddle's a complete professional-grade solution to the challenges we face as athletic directors. Go to huddle.com. Teams believe in huddle, and we believe in sports. 
Find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. That's huddle.com. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms. Final Forms will help you prepare for your best season ever. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like reminders about physical uh, dates and policies. They can help your coaches with attendance and communication. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to someone who gets it. For more information, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic directors typically only hear from that 2%, uh, the disgruntled student-athlete or the squeaky wheel parent. And we need to hear from them so we can help uh, make changes in our programs. But we also need to hear from the 98% that really love our program. And that's a very effective tool to have when you're talking to that disgruntled parent or athlete or with your principal or with your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com uh, and find out all the ways that they can create a custom survey for your school to help you take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we've got one of our original Wednesday Wisdom presenters back uh, for another round. I haven't heard from her for a while, so uh, we're excited to have her back. If you're new to the program, Dr. Megan Bunning, it's a former Division One athlete and coach, very successful. Uh, she's now uh, a, a researcher and a faculty member for the FSU uh, coach program at Florida State University. Uh, has a tremendous background in athletics. She's a certified mental performance consultant. Uh, she's also uh, a commentator in her spare time for the SEC uh, Network. Um, and she's one of our favorites on Wednesday Wisdom. So, uh, Dr. Megan Bunny, welcome back. And what do you have for our listeners today? Thank you, Jake. It has been a minute, so I appreciate you being patient with me. Um, so this time I decided to go with something uh, that I don't really get a lot of time to talk about. And this is about recognizing your value. So as you mentioned, I have kind of had different stops along the way in terms of my employment. So when I first started working uh, in coaching, I was coming right out of playing. And so a coaching position actually here at Florida State was my first, I would say, real job. And it was pretty tough. And, and I'll be honest with you, when I got into coaching, I didn't want to be a coach. I thought that if I was athlete that that was kind of what I was supposed to do and I had a really difficult time finding what my identity was and really understanding what my skill set was it's kind of like what do you want to be in life right so I, I went into coaching anyway because I thought that's what I was supposed to do and it seemed like the most natural fit at the time and I made it seven years at three different institutions 
Um, along the way, if anyone knows my background, you know, I was getting degrees along the way. And every time I got a degree, you know, things kind of changed and shifted for me in terms of my perspective. So by the time I reached my last coaching position at Ole Miss, I had started my doctorate program. And it was at that point that I really thought, you know what, I can do something outside of coaching. Um, and not to say that I'm not trying to bag on coaching. And I mean, it has really done a lot for me. I just realized that I wanted to do something different. And you also have to understand the context of my life. I had a three month old and I was gone the majority of the time as a recruiting coordinator at Division One institution in the SEC. Uh, so it was high demands and high stress and just not something that I wanted to keep pace with. However, when I thought about getting out of coaching, I actually had a little bit of time there, about a year, where I needed to finish my degree. And so I went into um, graduate school full time for a little bit to finish my uh, dissertation and, and kind of that part. And I'm going to be honest with you, I had I had a little bit of a panic because again, I went through this phase of I'm a coach. I don't know anything else. I don't know what else to do. And I really struggled. Uh, something that hit me after uh, spring of 2011 was my last spring coaching. And at the same time, there were a few other coaches at Ole Miss that had gotten out of coaching uh, for various reasons. Either they chose to, or unfortunately, they lost their job. And I kind of ran into them informally in town and realized that they were struggling with some of the same issues that I had. They didn't know what their value was, what skills they had, that they had developed as an athlete and as a coach. And so it really got me thinking. Um, I, I went ahead and I mean, let, let's just be honest, I was thinking at that point. It didn't hit me uh, altogether until I got into my first non-athletic position, which would have been in the uh, spring, early spring of 2014. That's when I transitioned from um, you know, coaching and postdoc to full-time faculty position. And I thought it might be a little bit of a stretch because I had been an athletic coach all these years. And here I am going into a tenure track. So I ended up as an associate professor and I was a researcher, which doesn't seem like a really natural fit. <laughs> and actually, if you had asked me if I was going to be a Professor, I would have laughed in your face probably because that was not something that I quite frankly thought I could do. Um, so I, I ended up getting this position because I was hired mid-year and the person that was doing the hiring saw potential. They saw that I had a work ethic based off of my Vita and what I had submitted. And honestly, they gave me a chance. I had very little teaching experience in higher education, and I'm so very grateful. So sometimes part of this is you just need somebody to give you a chance. And once this person gave me a chance, I kind of just, just put myself into it and tried to make it what I wanted it to be. My first semester in the classroom was pretty rough. I struggled. I felt like I didn't uh, belong. I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't enjoy teaching, but I just did not identify as a professor or a teacher. And so I fought and I fought and I fought against this, Megan, this is what you're doing now. 
And I finally came to the realization that I was creating a lot of stress for myself, anxiety and stress. And so I said, you know, after that first semester, my uh, teaching evaluations weren't bad, but they weren't great either. And I decided that I didn't like that very much. And so I wanted to figure out what's going on. Why, do, why am I feeling so uneasy? And so when I started leaning on my circle of feedback, which I think I've talked about before, but this, these are people that are in my life that I have selected to give feedback and for me to go to for advice or an ear on purpose. They bring something that I need uh, for whatever those situations are. And these are not people that are just going to tell me what I want to hear. Um, so when I was looking at my circle of feedback and kind of just uh, venting a little bit about what was going on, one of them being my boss, um, I came to the realization that I was trying to fit myself into what I thought a professor should be. And when I stopped trying to fit that mold and I was encouraged to be myself and to think about what I did as a coach, how did I approach athletes as a coach and how did I approach others as a coach, that that really was my selling point for the, even for the job that I got. So basically, I stopped trying to be like the others. I remembered what made me a good coach. And what I did was, and this is very important, when you're trying to build your confidence, when you're trying to uh, realize what your strengths are, you need to link what you think about yourself back to sources of evidence. So for an instance, I knew that I could teach. And I knew this because over the years, I had had various athletes and parents and even some of the students that I had already worked with tell me that I could explain concepts in a way that made it very easy for them to understand. So I knew that I could teach. So that was my evidence for that. I could break things down and I could make a connection practically. And this was with movement. And this is also with other skills that you're talking in academia. At the time, I was teaching research. And so those came through on my teaching evaluations for the academic side and then also through uh, what other people would tell me when I was coaching. I was creative. I've always been very creative. And so this was an easy one for me to link back to when I thought about the types of projects I submitted for any of my coursework. I always went above and beyond trying to think how I could make them more fun, more engaging, creative, different. I always wanted to be different. I wasn't afraid of hard work. So I had been told, and I could link this back to what people had said, Megan, one of your strengths is your work ethic. Um, so then I also was able to look at my own, what I had accomplished. I had come out of coaching. I had obtained a tenure track teaching position, which is not easy to find or to do with very little teaching or research experience at that time. And it was because of the hard work that I had put in. I was resourceful. I knew this because I would spend time seeking. If I didn't know the answers, I would go out and I would find the answers, whether that meant asking somebody else or just getting on the internet and doing a search or referring to a book. So that's kind of one approach that I could suggest to folks is to think about what it is that you think you do well, and maybe you don't think about it in the terms of your, your job right now. Maybe you think about it in other areas of your life. What is something that you do well when you're out just spending time with your family? 
what is something that people always compliment me about? Because that's, I can tell you right now, the athletes and coaches struggle with that all of the time. So what I did after I kind of did this strength assessment, it got me feeling good. It got me confident. My self-efficacy went up. And so I decided to approach the classroom like I did the field. So I was a softball athlete. So I just, I went into the classroom like I would the field. And the classroom became the field and the students became my athletes. Now I had to balance to not get into too much coaching versus instruction, but I was able to have fun with it and bring in how to teach experientially and tangibly. And the students really appreciated that. And so I just made sure that I set clear up expectations up front about Y'all, I'm going to be a little bit different. I'm going to coach, and I put my coach hat on sometimes, so just know that that's the coach of me coming out. If it's ever too much, let me know, and I gave them that freedom to do so. So along the way, you know, I started really um, getting comfortable in the classroom. That helps. Another thing that I did to help me get outside of my cocoon, thinking that all I could do was be a coach or be a softball athlete or whatever, it was that I said yes all the time. And I know that sometimes this is not okay to do and you do want to make sure that you're balancing. But I always said yes, knowing that it was, I could do this. I knew, and here's the reason why, is because I knew if I said yes, that there were going to be new experiences, new opportunities to learn, and new networking opportunities. And there's really not been too many times that I've said yes to something and I have not been rewarded uh, for doing it or speaking with somebody or talking with somebody. And it really has opened the door. And, I, and broadcasting is an example. Uh, so I'll give you a quick story on that uh, because it's, it's the example of saying yes to something that I wasn't comfortable with doing. Um, in 2015, when the SPN bought the SEC network, they were going to broadcast all sport teams. And I was about an hour away from South Carolina, which is where I played. And they called me up and they asked if I would be willing to be a talent analyst. I had never in my life done anything like that. And I nervously said yes, and then realized that it's public speaking. And I speak all of the time. Uh, so it, it was one of those things about recognizing that that's one of my strengths. I've always been good at public speaking. I enjoy it. And so um, it gave me the opportunity. And that from that one instance, uh, doors to working with clients in the sports psychology field have opened various talks. It's helped me you know, get the position here at Florida State that I'm, that I'm in now. And it just has been such a blessing to me. Something else that helped me kind of settle in and recognize my value. Remember, I told you I was resourceful and I was practical. And so I started using things that I knew that the people I was engaging with, they had to use. Uh, so this gets back to connecting with your audience. For me, it was graduate students and a lot of them were K-12 teachers. So at the time, I started using Google Classrooms and Google stuff because it was new. But I knew they were going to have to use that. So in my class, I wanted them to get comfortable with it. And I also wanted them to know that I'm there with you. I see what you're having to do. And so we're going to explore this. 
Um, so there's that piece of it that maybe you could take away is just kind of connecting. I regrouped along the way that circle of feedback to be a little bit more intentional. I realized that as, and this is, this is normal, as I was thinking about my value and what I could contribute and stepping out and doing things that were uncomfortable is I realized I needed a little bit different support here and there. And as I started getting more heavily into academia and teaching, I realized I needed, uh, you know, professionals that were in that field. So that's kind of an example there is to take a, take a look at that feedback circle occasionally and make sure you're adjusting it as you go versus, you know, I didn't need to speak with my grandmother um, about this. <laughs> so I needed uh, somebody that was in doing what I was doing. Um, and then once I formed that circle, I used my circle. I used that. I think sometimes we talk about identifying who can help you, who can give you feedback, and then we don't use them. I use them. And along the way, they provided that encouragement or that straight talk that I needed about how to approach situations or maybe, maybe you're saying yes too much. Uh, is this your best yes? You know, things like that. Uh, so that really helped me stay, stay within this, this idea that I'm doing what I need to do, but yet I know that I'm going to test my boundaries a little bit and my limits. And when I do that, I know I'm in a safe place with these people that I have asked to be in my circle that I'm not going to get cut down. Like my confidence isn't going to be cut down. It's going to remain the same because they're going to tell me things out of love and out of respect. Um, so through that kind of process, all of these things helped me realize my skill set and my value added, and I became less hesitant to try new things, which was really neat. Um, and I realized too, with teaching and coaching and presenting and you know doing the broadcast is that it prepared me to speak. So I always enjoyed the public speaking, but all along the way, that kind of stuff just I continue to prepare me to do what I get to do today. And so I just made a, a list for you uh, of quickly of things that I could think of that coaching and what playing taught me and how I've used these things to translate into the job that I do now. So coaching and playing, it did. It taught me how to compete in a healthy way and to push myself both mentally, physically, and emotionally. And so I learned this self-regulation uh, and how to push without going overboard because I went overboard as an athlete and then learned where I needed to step back to. They taught me how to lead. They taught me how to be resilient, to not shy away from hard work, to evaluate and assess. Taught me how to recruit. I have to recruit students for our program all of the time. So if that's not a valuable skill, I don't know what is. I've already talked about speaking publicly. It taught me that. It taught me how to instruct how to be clear, how to use different types of teaching methods to help get the point across. It taught me how to manage performance anxiety. So anytime I'm giving a, a talk or you know, whatever it is I'm having to do, even on broadcast, there's some anxiety that comes with that, but it taught me how to, how to manage that and to recognize it for what it is. It taught me how to manage my focus and make sure that I'm staying engaged and on task. Time management, to be resourceful and it taught me how to network because if you don't network <laughs> then you may not get very far and that's essentially Jake how I met you 
So I think that, you know, just the final thought that I have is if you're struggling to understand what value you bring, or maybe you're thinking about going into a different position, especially if you're thinking about leaving coaching, or if you're thinking about leaving administration, think about what you're doing now and how that can prepare you for something in the future. So what are you doing that if you think about it, others are not as comfortable or equipped to do? And that will help get you started with your strengths. And if you have a hard time telling yourself that you're good at something, then ask somebody else and connect it back to some evidence. Wow. Uh, I'm sure you saw me scribbling down notes there. Um, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> opening up, uh, you know, burying your soul there. I think all of us, no, I don't think all of us, you know, we have those, you know, thoughts, whether they're momentary or, you know, longer and debilitating, you know, thoughts of inadequacy or imposter syndrome or, you know, all the labels that you want to put on it, not to minimize that. But, um, you know, I, I, I know for myself and I think for our uh, listeners, you know, that we know Dr. Megan Bunning as this supremely confident, uh, you know, academic uh, with a, a strong dose of uh, athletic experience. Uh, and I, I think it's cool to hear about, you know, some of the challenges that you went through. Um, let me ask you a captain obvious question. Um, obviously you're very successful. Um, the process that you just outlined, you know, that journey of, you know, self-evaluation and taking stock of the things you're good at. Um, we are, we are all so interested in the outcome rather than the process, um, could you have um, accomplished, you know, this present, uh, you know, state of confidence without going through that process? Is, is there a shortcut? <laughs> so I think the short answer is no. And I appreciate you bringing that up because that's another thing. Now, now obviously, I work in the sports site field and I, I work a lot on process focus quite a bit with clients. And so that's where I live. But that's also something that athletics and you know, coaching or playing, whatever it is, has taught me. Um, if I had stayed focused on the outcome, this is what I need to be, this is what I need to be, this is what I want to do. If I had stayed purely focused on that, I would have missed a lot of the growth that was meant for me along the way. And it, it would have probably taken me a much longer time if I'd even gotten there at all. You see, you see, the thing with me, too, is that I never really have known what I wanted to be when I grow up. And so I eventually, once I got comfortable with trusting the process, I just kind of took it as this is my process. This is what I'm doing. I know that I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm working towards something. Now, what's going to be cool is to see what door opens so what that process leads to. And so when the teaching position came open, it was completely a shock. Um, and when the, I think the Florida, this position that I'm at now, this is really a dream position for me. It's right in my wheelhouse, teaching what I love to the students that I have so much passion for because I used to be them. And um, it's at one of my alma maters, you know, so, it, you know, that. It, when I look back at this, I have people that look at my resume and, and 
they'll comment on I've been busy or you know, you've done a lot. And I don't see it that way. I see it as all of the everything that's on that resume was part of a process that led me here today. And so I keep I try to keep my eyes like I'll, I'll set my goal. Yes, ultimately, this is where I want to be or this is what I want to be doing. But then I put my, I call it a little attention flashlight, like one of those little miniature flashlights. I put my flashlight on, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to be doing to get there? And that's where I keep my focus. So the behaviors and the actions, which is that process. And occasionally I need to broaden back out and remember what I'm doing. I may need to readjust what I want that outcome to be and what I'm working for. But then I swoop right back in adjust my behaviors and actions, or I put my focus right back on that. So um, that's what I really try to do. And let me, let me tell you, I lean on my circle sometimes, you know, it comes in waves. I lean on them quite a bit. Sometimes I need that external, uh, hey, this is what happened. What do you think? Am I, am I not thinking clearly? I mean, <laughs> uh, sometimes I need that still. No, absolutely. You talk about, you know, not knowing what you want to be when you grow up. Uh, you know, I can still remember a hundred years ago, you know, when I was in high school, uh, the only thing I knew is that I didn't want to work for a living. Uh, I'd had to work for my dad, uh, my brothers and I on his construction company. I just hated it. Uh, and sports was a way that I didn't have to work. I, I had to go to practice. And so going to college, you know, I love sports. Uh, well, geez, I, uh, I know I'm probably not going to make the NFL. There was no probably about it. It wasn't going to happen. Um, how can I stay involved in sports? Well, okay, coach. And well, if you want to coach, you have to teach. Okay, I guess I'll teach. Uh, and, you know, found out, you know, I was good at it and I liked it. And so, you know, my career was simply avoiding having to go to work each day. Uh, and I did that for 41 years as a, a teacher, a coach, and an AD. And now I'm still doing it uh, as I'm retired you know, talking to great people like you, um, Megan, again, it, it, it's always such a pleasure to spend some time with you. Uh, we mentioned FSU coach, uh, go ahead and give a quick shout out, uh, you know, what it is and why our listeners, uh, should probably reach out and get a hold of you if for nothing else about FSU coach. Yes. Thank you. So FSU coach, we're the FSU coach interdisciplinary center. And we're in the College of Education at Florida State. And so what we are primarily is we're a full, uh, excuse me, a fully online master's degree in athletic coaching. So we have students that are still graduate students competing all the way through coaches that are in the professional leagues. Uh, they're, they're sport coaches. They're also strength and conditioning. We have some folks that are looking into athletic administration and want to go that route. Most of our students, uh, of course, are that are in our master's degree, but we also have an online uh, coaching certificate. So if you're taking another graduate program at Florida State, you can tag on to our certificate program and get a certificate in athletic coaching. In addition to that, we also provide any kind of speaking engagements. We can come in and we can do a program evaluation. We can do some research things for you, you know, whatever the case is. Our goal is to uh, really enhance the rigor and the quality of the coaching profession. And note, I said profession uh, because I firmly believe that it is. And we basically want to give our coaches more. Um, so there's that. I could go all day about FSU Coach. I've, I'm very proud to be a part. We're, we're pretty new 
I joined in 2019 and our master's degree launched in the summer of, uh, I think it was 2021. So we've not been around that long. But in that short time, have really created a name for the program. And uh, again, listeners, um, if you're not necessarily interested in FSU Coach, uh, we already talked about the importance of networking. Uh, I encourage you to reach out to Dr. Bunning, a tremendous resource. Um, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Sure. So you can email me at m.bunning, B-U-N-I-N-G, at fsu.edu. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Bunning and message me through there or, or converse. I love engaging uh, with folks on Twitter. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. So if any of you are, are that way. Yeah. And uh, when you go to Twitter, you know, Dr. Bunning, very, uh, uh, very strong Twitter game. Uh, you know, you know check, check her out there as well. Uh, Megan, again, uh, thanks so much for spending time. I know you're incredibly busy uh, this time of year, but uh, thanks for sharing with our listeners on Wednesday Wisdom and all the best moving forward in 2023. Thank you. It's a pleasure for it's a pleasure, and thanks for having me, Jake. For our listeners, we do this every single week, and we upload the videos to our Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Come back next week and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in to Wednesday Wisdom. We do appreciate your support and listening, and we appreciate our sponsors. Uh, please visit them. Check out what they can do for you. Uh, athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. That's athleticsurveys.com. Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Uh, Gipper. Um, it's all about marketing your students and your teams and social media. And Gipper can uh, really take your game to the next level. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast and you'll get 10% off. Hometown Ticketing, uh, simple and easy online ticketing. That's all we need to say. Go to hometownticketing.com. Huddle. As a coach, I used Huddle. As an AD, we were a Huddle school. Go to Huddle.com. Find out all the ways they can help you and your coaches. Snap Mobile. Uh, parent company for snap raise um, check out their entire platform at snap raise uh, fundraising does any other fundraising program give you your money before you start your fundraiser i don't think so check them out at snapraise.com final forms um, registration compliance eligibility communication check out finalforms.com jake and uh, finally wall of fame by Vital Signs. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake. When you do that, they'll give you 5% off any purchase you make. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Wednesday Wisdom and just about every day on the Educational AD Podcast. See you next time.